halfway through. We have stories of the dead coming back to life to tell us of the dead evil. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The All-American Welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I am joined with Will. Beep, beep. And the Professor Smoke. Hey, everybody. And uh, today we are going to be discussing slash reviewing the, uh, I guess, new, cla- well, it's classic in its own way for, for uh, monetary reasons, if for no other reason, the 2017 uh, version of It. So uh, I, I guess before we get into the, the ins and outs, I'll go ahead and uh, give you our information. Um, you can uh, reach us on email by allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. Uh, we are also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find us by searching All American Spook Show. And we also have a T Public page where we sell like logoed T shirts and whatnot. Uh, you can find us by searching All American Spook Show on there as well. Help support the show. Um, so I guess uh, before we get into the a little bit of the background. Uh, Will, what were your initial thoughts upon watching this? I'm assuming this wasn't the first time you watched it for this, right? You saw it in theaters or you'd seen it before? No, actually, I wasn't able to get to the theaters to go see this one. But I had, uh, I have seen it uh, at least twice before watching it for the podcast. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I mean, of course, it doesn't like match up to the book, but, you know, not many things do. But I thought overall, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good movie. Now this is probably one of the rare occasions where, like, I've read uh, I've read a ton of Stephen King books, but I actually have never sat down and read it. I think I've started it a couple times and then, like, you know, got distracted and never finished it. But I've never actually read this book, and you actually uh, read the audio or listened to the audio book, right? Yeah. So this is one of those rare times where you might be a little more ahead of the curve than even I am. Smoke, have you ever uh, read it or listened to it? Yeah, I've, I've read the novel, but it's been probably back in the eighties when I actually read it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember a lot of stuff about it, but I'm also hazy on some of those details. So I, I know that it's a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit closer than the, I guess, the 1990 version was, but yeah, they, I know a lot of stuff was it's, left out. But of course, the novel was like, what, 1,000 and some odd pages? Oh, yeah, it's one of his biggest, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So with that, with, that so, being, with that being said, since you read it at least somewhere in the past, and Will, you've more recently listened to it, how does this uh, first stack up? comparatively from what i can remember because i've I've done like a couple of stephen king books now uh from from what everything that i can remember i I thought it held up pretty pretty close to the book there is definitely something they left out towards the end with all the kids when they're down in the sewer and they start forgetting things they uh, had to do something to jog their memory Uh really i'm not surprised that they uh, skipped that in the uh in the movie do you remember what that is smoke that jogs their memory 
Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, I don't recall yeah. that part. They uh, they all hook up down in the sewer. Oh, okay. <laughs> to to uh, I guess relink their bond. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it helps them like remember how to get out. I what, guess like keeps them together over the years. But wait a minute, what do you mean hook up in the sewer? Yeah, yeah, pretty much what I'm talking about. <laughs> a bunch of teenager teenagers getting busy down in the sewer. What the? Yep. Yeah, I need to read. Yep, yeah, even I, though, I need to read even though they went with an R rating for this movie, yeah, there are certain things that they can't <laughs> border they couldn't cross. Well, through. I mean, yeah, I, look, I mean, it's Stephen King, so I mean, like you know, his writing is the wild, wild west. Like anything goes, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, yep. I and that was part of the fun too of reading. I think back. Then, I mean, most of the Stephen King stuff I read has been back in the day. Not that I don't love his books now, but. I don't have as much time, I guess, for reading. I need to, I need to do the audiobook thing as well. I don't have enough time for reading, but, yeah, that was one of the fun things, I think, about reading King back then was, yeah, you just never knew what was going to happen in the next chapter to chapter. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Now that I've actually, like, read a couple of uh, Stephen King books, like, he's, at least in the couple that I've read, seems to have, like, uh, a couple of sexual um, happenings in, in, in his books where it's just like, <laughs> whoa, this is a... Uh, a little dirty listening. Now that's <laughs> now that's not always the case, though. I mean, maybe with like it and, and a handful of others for sure, but that's not yeah. always the case. There's not always something sexual going on. There might be like yeah. you know, there might uh, there's obviously the language and there might be some innuendo and stuff, but there's not always something crazy going down like that. Not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. The other one that I'm thinking of is uh, in the stand. Oh, yeah. Where the gas can man and uh, no, the, the kid get together. The trash can man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, by the way, just a, kind of a side note. I think Amazon, I think, is uh, making a, a the stand show like a ser- they're going to make a series for Amazon Prime or Prime Video, whatever the hell they call oh. it this week. And uh, it seems and- like it, I don't know if this is a rumor or it's official casting, but I saw the uh, I think I saw the trash can man was going to be Marilyn Manson. Oh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, that could be rumor. You know, you know how the internet goes. But I'm, I, yeah, I, oh, and yeah. I don't know if that's 100% official or not. But I think I saw that somewhere that they at least wanted him to do it, or he wanted to do it, or or it's set in stone. I don't know. But yeah, Marilyn Manson is the trash can man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, smoke. What were your initial reactions after seeing this movie, this version of it? Uh, well, I see. I, I saw it when it came out in the theater. I saw it the first time, uh, and you know, wide release, whatever. Thought it was great. Enough so that whenever it came to a drive-in theater that was close to us, playing on a double bill with, I think, Annabelle Creation, I think it was, at that same time, same, same time it came out. That sounds about right. Saw it again at the drive-in. That was, that was a pretty cool experience, too. And then we actually saw it a third time when it came to the value-type, you know, dollar-type theater. Mm-hmm. And then bought the Blu-ray when that came out. Saw it again on Blu-ray one time, and then we picked up the 4K not too long ago, I believe. And then, so the me watching it recently has been the fifth time I've seen it. I, actually, I, I didn't. I didn't look this up, but uh, I'm just curious if either one of you recall. Did this movie play in 3D? I, you know, I'm not sure about that either. I know I didn't see it in 3D in any of the times I saw it. Uh, because it I don't just, remember it, it being it, advertised that way necessarily, as far as because it just seems as, to me the the way this movie, uh, at least in certain scenes of this movie, would really play to 3D with Pennywise and stuff. You know, in, yeah. in some scenes. I just didn't. I couldn't. I didn't recall and didn't know if either of you guys recalled whether it played in 3D or not. I know it played IMAX. I didn't see oh, okay. it. In IMAX. I, I know it did do that. I did randomly come across that in my research, but I didn't see if it played in 3D or not. So I guess uh, 
without further ado, we'll go ahead and toss up the trailer for the 2017 version of Stephen King's classic, It. When you're a kid, you think the universe revolves around you. You think that you'll always be protected and cared for. Then, one day, you realize that's not true. Because when you're alone as a kid, the monsters see you as weaker. You don't even know they're getting closer. Until it's too late. is cursed that all the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing an evil thing Georgie goes missing. Or one of us. Are you just gonna pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? If we stick together, we win. That was the trailer for It. It was released September 8th, 2017 by New Line Cinema, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment, Cat Smith Productions, Lynn Pictures, and Vertigo Entertainment. And it was distributed by Warner Brothers. So that's, there's a lot of people getting some credit there. On <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, slices of the pie for this one, but uh, they made well enough money to for everybody to get a piece. It's also, I also saw that it's kind of retroactively being called uh, It Chapter One. This as a side note. I, I guess now that Chapter Two is officially coming out and everything that oh, yeah. they kind of retroactively yeah. went back and they're calling this It Chapter One. I guess, you know, you may see it referred yeah. to that. On uh, IMDB, what is it listed as? Just It 2017, right? And then It yeah. Volume Two 2019. Right? The total runtime for this one is two hours and 15 minutes, which is probably a good solid 30 to 45 minutes longer than not only your average movie, but definitely horror movies. Most horrors, what, an hour and a half, hour and 45 at most, generally, and then yeah, you know, in yeah. and out. Sometimes even less, like uh, when we did the uh, Sleepaway Camp episode, that was only like an hour and 24 minutes. So. Um, yeah. And they're all definitely different than what it was, what in the prime, in horror in its prime in the 80s and everything. It was like anything over an hour and a half, they need to trim that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> the producers are going to have you trimming it down get that pacing up and 
I will say though, at least in my opinion, this one did not not necessarily feel like it was two hours and fifteen minutes. No, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah, they kept stuff moving through this whole movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a couple of small parts, but not much. I mean, it's it's clicking. And, and just when you think it's kind of uh, you know kind of droning on, it's because Pennywise is fucking with them again. You know, like that, that's basically what this oh, yeah. movie is. It's called It. Pennywise is fucking with you. <laughs> and and. Also, the weird, the weird thing about it was, that you don't even really think about it, but I, I came across this when I was looking at the notes, was Pennywise's dialogue, as long as the movie is, he only has about four minutes of dialogue in the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, true. Really, really, I mean, he doesn't really I mean, talk his, a lot. His presence is there more so, but, you know, the dialogue, yeah, about four minutes. <laughs> it's been a long time since I saw it, and, and, I, and obviously you knew this was going to come up, but the original, or not the, well, I guess you could say the original It that came out in 1990, I believe it was, with uh, Tim mm-hmm. Tim Curry playing Pennywise, it seems like he, yep. just in my recollection now, like I said, it's been a while since I watched it. It seems like he had a lot more dialogue in that than uh, Bill Skarsgård had in this as Pennywise. Yeah, I, I would say so too. I think it's also been a long time for me seeing it. I haven't seen I haven't seen the original it since hell it might be since either late nineties, early two thousands. I saw it the last time I seen it. It's been within the last 10 years or so for me, but it's been a while. So, I mean, I can't remember it blow by blow, but it just seemed like he had more dialogue. And honestly, that might be because it was a made-for-TV, ABC Network miniseries. You know, True. And, and, and they so, had Tim Curry. I mean, Tim yeah, Curry yeah, is already yeah, obviously. established. I, mean, I think probably because they had to tone it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, this, is a, this oh, version yeah. is a movie at the movie theater. They can really play it up. It's yeah. rated R. You know, they can take it kind of where Stephen King took it. But on there, they couldn't take it quite that, quite to those places. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. so it's, it's toned down a little bit for sure. But it's still, I think it still holds up as far as his performance for sure. I mean, it, yeah, he's, definitely, he nails it. I mean, he's a, he's a scary clown for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it, it doesn't have that that comparison. I mean, of course, in your mind, you're kind of comparing it at first. You know, with the first time maybe you see it, yeah. or you see Pennywise, you kind of. But I mean, after that, it's pretty much like any other movie where somebody's performing like Heath Ledger as a joke or whatever you know they put their own spin on it you don't you don't compare it after that you're just kind of going with it you know? yeah that's what I was just about to make the same comparison in terms of like you know not to not to be cliche to compare it to a clown performance but <laughs> you know the, 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 <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. the different variations of the Joker you know <laughs> so back to the uh, background this is obviously rated R and it's, once again, like we've already mentioned, it's based on Stephen King's 1986 novel of the same name, It. The budget for this movie was $35 million, which is a pretty high budget. But it made all that back and then some just in the opening week. <laughs> the first week it made, you in the United States, it grossed $123.4 million. Uh, I don't know where that ranks, but it's got to be pretty high up there as far as opening weekends. Um, yeah. that, when it opened, wasn't that the number one... Like it was like the number one horror opening ever, something I'm like that. Sure, I'm sure, because, and like the second yeah. highest rated R movie ever. Yeah, and yeah. also the highest adaptation of a Stephen King movie that ever came out. Now, and you know, sometimes you might would think, well, isn't that kind of redundant? You know, saying that it's the highest grossing horror and the highest grossing Stephen King movie. But I mean, some people don't realize Shawshank Redemption is a Stephen King movie as well. Yeah, or you know, yeah. The Green Mile and whatever. It's not necessarily horror, but Stand by Me. But yeah, the highest ranking King movie. Too. Stand, and which one? Stand by me. Yeah, and stand by me too. Yeah. Uh, the Running Man. Yeah. But you could keep going on and on for that, for a while with that. But yeah, you get the point. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it made 123.4 million in its opening weekend in the United States. 
uh, the U.S. gross by the time this left theaters, it made three hundred and twenty-seven point four million dollars in the United Jeez. States. Worldwide, it made seven hundred point three million. So it just passed seven hundred million dollars. It is uh, the highest-grossing horror movie of all time. Uh, it only made it up though to number thirteen that year, number uh, in twenty seventeen. It was only number uh, 13 overall that year. But that's mainly, I mean, there was a lot of big releases that year. And in particular, Star Wars The Last Jedi, uh, Episode 8, came out that year. Oh, yeah. And it made, you know, worldwide, it made, like, good Lord, what? Uh, a kajillion oh, or something? I'm sorry, hold, I happen to have it right here. It made $1.3 <laughs> billion. <laughs> so, yeah, it, that's a tough nut to crack. But uh, either way, yeah, this was highly successful. Uh, not not even inarguably the most successful horror movie of all time. That's I mean, yeah. put your criticisms aside. I mean, like this thing was gangbusters, man. <laughs> it, it yeah, and the thing is, it lived up to all of it too. I think. Well, at least for me, I think. It, yeah, you know, I agree. It's, it's, I agree. Yeah, surpassed the hype. I mean, that one I went into just as a comparison. I went into the, you know how the newest Halloween movie. It was hyped up, and I think we talked about it here on this show, and and I've talked about it elsewhere as well. I was kind of disappointed when I first saw the that Halloween movie in the theater the first time because of that, that hype that was built up around it and I saw it a second and third time and I enjoy it more now. Yeah. Well, this one right off the bat loved it. So yeah, this, this thing just, it, it killed and uh, you'll be hard, maybe chapter uh, it chapter 2 will come out and it, it, it may match it, it may pass it, who knows. I would imagine it's probably going to do very well and then it's going to be a, then it'll be just like kind of like this one was, it'll have to get on the critical hype train you know, like yeah, it'll yeah. make it'll make a ton of dough in that first weekend, no matter what. After that, yeah. after that, it'll be like, well, was it good? You know, as to yeah. how much money it keeps making. But I think, regardless, it, it will be a success as well. Um, and it's got a pretty good cast. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that really this one that we're about to talk about didn't really have anybody you would know, really, yeah. right? I mean, like. Maybe Bill Skarsgård. Stranger Things. I yeah, mean, the kid from Stranger yeah, Things, it. and uh, Bill Skarsgård. Maybe a little bit for you know if you've seen yeah. a couple other things, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, it was going on story alone, I guess, and and you know. Yeah, the st- it was it was riding yeah. on the Stephen King name, and you know just the uh, yeah. the popularity of uh, Tim Curry's it, and uh, you know the fact that they were putting a big budget behind it, you know. So it rolled. And I think one one thing that goes in that too that kind of tells you where they were maybe headed or not sure where they were headed is they didn't even know if there was going to be a volume two or not yeah and you know <laughs> i mean the, depending on how that one did yeah and and you know i'm sure we'll discuss that once we get into the movie here shortly but like in my opinion you could end it right there true you know yeah. like they i think they ended it in such a way where like i think it might have been satisfying enough right you know if they decided they didn't want to make another one for some reason or let's say let's just say it had bombed in the box office i mm. think they could have ended it right there and i it may not have been the complete tale of the book or anything, but yeah. you could have ended it. Oh, yeah, like for people who have never read the book at all, you wouldn't even realize that, you know, that could just be it right there. And yeah, then, yeah. I mean, in your mind, you might be thinking, well, what's going to happen 27 years later? You know, but, there but was, if you'd never read the book, you could yeah, definitely easily see it ending there. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. There was no huge cliffhanger, like, we got to make another one just to wrap this thing up. Like, yeah. you know, it, it kind of stands on its own two legs, you know, in that regard. This movie was filmed in... Uh, Bangor, Maine, but mostly uh, in. I mean, they didn't film it in Derry. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> no, they didn't uh, make up a town and then uh, <laughs> in Maine and then do it there. 
Uh, but apparently, I, I, I guess that's just certain parts. Most of this was filmed in uh, parts of Ontario, Canada, like around Toronto and stuff. Um, between June 27th, 2016 and September 21st, 2016, so uh, about a year exactly before it was released on September 8th of 2017 is when this was filmed. Um, and of course, the uh, sequel, it spawned the sequel, It Chapter 2, which will come out September 6th of 2019. Mm -hmm. So it stars Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. You may or may not have known him from uh, Hemlock Grove before this or around the same time. Uh, before this, that movie Allegiant, which I think was one of those like youth novel movies, you know, in the uh, Twilight-ish vein, I think. He was in Deadpool 2. And then uh, right after this movie, you know, after his, his star was made by this, so to speak, uh, he was in uh, the show on Hulu, Castle Rock, uh, which, once again, I, I highly recommend that show. It's really good. It also stars Jaden Martell as Bill Denbro. He's kind of the main kid, but kind of the leader of the pack, so to speak. He was in that movie, that Bill Murray movie, St. Vincent. It was Bill Murray and uh, Melissa McCarthy, I believe it was. He was the kid in that, and uh, he was in the movie Midnight Special. It stars Finn Wolfhard as Richie to uh, Tozier. I, I, I can't remember how you say his last name. Tozier? T-O-Z-I. Tozier. Tozier, yeah. Richie Tozier. Uh, really, I mean, he's been in a, a few things, I guess, but the main thing you most people, especially our listeners, would know him from would be Stranger Things. It also stars Sophia Lillis as Beverly Marsh. You know, she's, she's kind of the, uh, the crush of Bill and... Uh, the little kid, the kind, of, the new kid that joins the group, Ben, and of course a handful of other kids. I'm not going to run down the whole list, but you know, there's a group of like seven or eight kids that they call themselves the Losers Club. That they're all the stars of the movie. It was directed by Andy Muschietti, I think is how you say it. Um, he directed this one, and he is uh, directed the uh, chapter two, that's uh, the new one. And uh, the other thing that I noticed that he directed was uh, the movie Mama. I don't know if you ever saw that or not, but Another no, movie. I still haven't seen my Yeah, uh, basically, though, I mean, there's a couple other things, I think, but that's pretty much it. Like, cause surprisingly, like, you know, such a huge movie that made such a huge bank, he, he doesn't really have a deep resume. Yeah, um, <laughs> true. And Mama, I, I remember seeing the trailers for it, and I, I wanted to see it, but never did get to the theater for that one. You know, I think I started watching it, you know, when it was on Netflix or, you know, some streaming, you know, somewhere online. Something happened, like, toward the beginning of it. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want to watch this right now. And then I just never went back and watched yeah. like, Something to do with kids <laughs> or something, you know. Like, I'm telling you, man, when you have kids, like, your whole perspective changes on something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on that stuff sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, man, why are you fucking with the kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I just never went back and finished watching it. But it looked pretty good, though. I mean, one of these days, I'm, if we don't do it for the podcast, I'm sure I'll sit down and watch, finish watching it. This was uh, a screenplay written by Chase Palmer, Carrie Fukunaga, and Gary Dauberman, which is obviously based on Stephen King's novel. The first two guys, Chase Palmer and Carrie Fukunaga, they've done a handful of things, but Gary Dauberman actually is pretty deep uh, in the uh, Conjuring universe. Um, I think he wrote uh, wrote the Annabelle movies. I think all three of them, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, <laughs> and the Nun. And he directed the uh, the latest one that just came out, Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, oh, okay. which I think is the only movie the dude's ever directed, if I if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, he's deep into that universe. So, but isn't uh, if I'm you know just off the top of my head once again, didn't um, the Conjuring stuff that's put out by Warner Brothers as well too, right? I think. I believe, I believe it is too. I'm not 100 percent on the studio right now on that and blanking yeah. on that one. Look, yeah, I think it is. So it's kind of that same. It's that same. They live in the same neighborhood, so to speak. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, did, did you have any uh, other notes or anything, Smoke, that you uh, had done any research or anything? Um, not as far as, uh, I know we talked about Warner Brothers and also was at New Line Cinema. I think there was a co-production of both of them. Yeah. Well, from what so I can understand, yeah, it was like New Line Cinema and, uh, you know, one of those co-productions with all those ones I listed. Yeah. But uh, Warner Brothers distributed it. So, but I think, I think New Line is like a subsidiary or some crap of Warner Brothers now anyways, right? So... Yeah, yeah. They're all in the same building. Yeah, there's a lot of... True. Yeah. <laughs> and then also going back on some of that uh, background information on... I uh, don't know we talked about already, but uh, that it was the highest grossing horror movie. Before that, that was kind of surprising to me, was that Paranormal Activity 3 was the highest grossing. Wow. Before it took it out, which I'm kind of... I actually haven't even seen <laughs> the Paranormal Activity... I haven't, You've never honestly, seen I haven't seen any, any of, of the Paranormal Activity movies. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a shocker although I, i'd heard I yeah think, I know, yeah it probably is it's just it's one of those i don't know what is what is one of those things or it was like on it was a big hype machine whenever it came out and i just avoided it for some reason well and my, I, my fiance she's seen them she's seen them all of them she's like she's surprised too and I, I told her that about you know not seeing not ever seeing it <laughs> well at this point now now that you've said this don't watch it now just wait <laughs> Just wait for us to get to it. You know, yeah. that way it's oh, kind yeah. of fresh. Like, you've waited this long, just hold off a little while longer. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, will. I really think you, I think you'll probably appreciate it more than you think. Uh, at, le at least that first oh. one, for sure. Yeah, that, man, that's what I think I'd heard. You know what? Whenever they came out, when the first one came out, I don't even remember what year it was right now. Uh, not off the top of my head, and I don't recall. But uh, it's been, it's, it's been a little while now, though. I'd say in the last eight years or so, it's been a little while. Oh, it's been eight years? Okay. I, I was take, even thinking longer, sure, maybe, for some reason. I don't know what, what was going on then. I mean, I might have just been one of my, like, die-hard old-school horror phases where I'm like, oh, screw all the new stuff, you know. <laughs> Nothing but Suspiria <laughs> on a loop for me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then when it was it was hyped up a lot, too, I'm like, nah, I ain't going to see it. It's probably going to, like, not meet my expectations. And then the sequels came out, and people were saying, oh, the sequels, you know, they do. Some people are behind them. Some people are like, oh, no, the sequels suck, but the first one's good. Uh-huh. And I just never got around to. Now with those, back I, like I, I think it started like uh, if I, if I recall, uh, the first one's really good. I mean, at least I enjoyed it, you know, especially at the time. Yeah. It's kind of like in yeah. in the same vein of Blair Witch, and that like you know, once you can kind of suspend your disbelief and just kind of get into it, you know, kind of thing. In my opinion, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think it was pretty good in the second one and even the third one, but I think it started to kind of come off the rails after that, a little oh, bit, okay. you know, after that third one, but. I, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, for the type of movie that it is, I think they connect very well. Like I said, you know, at this point now, don't watch them; just wait. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> that was funny because my fiance was also wanting me to to watch. She wanted me to watch this uh, one movie that's a comedy. I forget what's the parody movies that they did. Was it Haunted House? There's uh, some that were parodies that use. You mean a scary movie? A scary movie? No, or maybe it was some of the sequels of scary movies. I know the first scary movie came out probably before the paranormal ones, didn't it? I believe. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, that's not. I know what you're talking about. Uh, I can't think of the name. It's some goofy ass name, but that's not the scary haunted house. Haunted house. Yeah, yeah, I it. think that's haunt, it. Or haunted, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've been holding off on watching that one too until I see the paranormal activity movie, so I can, you know, the as, basis for the parody. As we were talking, it's been. <laughs> As we were talking, I looked it up. It's been a little bit. It's actually been longer than I thought it was. Off the top of my head, it, the first one came out in two thousand seven, so it's been. Uh, oh, okay. As of oh, after recording this podcast, it's been uh, twelve years since that <laughs> since that came out. So. Wow. 
Actually, you know what? I I'm wrong about that. It, it says 2007, but it actually came out in October 2009. So maybe it was one of those deals where they made it and it, oh, it laid it around was in for a couple limbo of years. for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but it actually <laughs> came out. But still, that was 10 years ago. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'm surprised by that that you you haven't seen that <laughs> in the last 10 years, knowing how you are about horror. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I was, I don't know why I've been avoiding it. We found the rare. I mean, not, not like physically. You know, not like just. Yeah, you know, believe me, I know. I mean, look, actively there, avoiding there it. There are just, you know. uh, there are tons of. I'm the same way. I mean, like you know, I, there are tons of movies that have come out. Uh, like we had we had my son. He is a little over eight years old now. So like I don't get a chance. Pretty much since he was born, I don't just get the opportunity to go to the movies like I used to. You know, mm. I kind of have to wait to watch them at the house or whatever. But um, oh, yeah. so yeah, I'm the same way. Like in the last eight eight years or so. There's hundreds of movies that I haven't seen that, like, some people would like, you haven't seen that yet? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like when you run into that rare person that hasn't seen Star Wars for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Since 1977, they still yeah. just haven't, I don't know, it just hasn't come across my radar yet. Yeah, yeah, no, at that point, you're openly avoiding it. If you haven't seen it in the last 40 years, you're just being, a, you're just being that guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like that. I feel like I'm being that guy with the paranormal activity movies, but yeah. not on purpose. Just, yeah, <laughs> but just, you know, there's so. I mean, we have so many movies that we bought on because I'm, I, I'm not against physical media. I mean, uh, against streaming media by any means. We have a lot, of, you know, streaming media. Yeah, but I still love physical media. Oh yeah, yeah. Whether it be VHS, Blu-ray, DVD, not to whatever. Me not to so. mention, you know, like over the summer, uh, uh, digital. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the term that I should use, but it's called ultraviolet, where they had you know oh, yes, it, it was yeah. one of those things yeah. where you, you know you could you get a digital Codes, movie and down, you yeah, store you, you, you store them there or whatever, right? Well, apparently they shut down, like they just went away, oh, and uh, so there was a whole thing with that, like uh, you know basically your movies they're uh, trying gone. To, yeah, well, not necessarily gone. Like apparently, like you know if you if you had ever at some point linked them to say your Voodoo account or your movies oh, yeah. anywhere account, some other account, Apple whatever, if you'd linked it. I think you know they're 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 backing it up to the point where like you don't you don't lose your stuff, but like if you if you unlink it though, you run the risk of losing it and stuff. But that's uh, yeah. the, the point is is that like yeah, if you completely leaned on that, the digital, you know, in, in a circumstance like that, you might be screwed, you know, out of the movies that you yeah. paid for. Yeah. So you yeah, know, and that's the, that's I mean not the, not to turn this episode. I mean how we could go into a whole episode about streaming and physical and all that stuff. Yeah. Not to turn this into that. I'm sure we will. But. Uh, <laughs> The uh, Amazon and things of that nature too. Whenever you're say, and you run the same risk with music, you unless you download that song on Amazon, you buy that song, you buy the movie, you download it. Yeah, you never you might, you might they might lose their licensing right for those movies, and you don't have them anymore. You know, you don't have access to them anymore on through Amazon or whatever the account may be. Yeah, so yeah. kind of up to the mercy. Even if you buy it, if you hadn't downloaded it. Yeah, you're just to a device screwed. of some sort, then it's gone. Yep. <laughs> and some, of course, some. I mean, we're talking about music or whatever. Some of those are just streaming services anyway, so you can't really technically download it. You can download it to play on your phone, but not to. Yeah, not to keep other devices or whatever. And so, same thing with that. There's a lot of times. I mean, I have you know, of course, I buy a ton of vinyl and still buy even CDs sometimes, but I still have streaming services for music too. And licensing with that same thing, it'll you might be listening to an album, have it in your collection, so to speak, in your streaming service you go there and then it's gone because their licensing ran out on it and they don't have it. yeah I mean, it's a it can be a dangerous game if you're completely relying on that so yeah. if, for, if for no other reason than that the physical media should never go away but 
True. I'm sure one of these days we'll get to the point where like it just won't, you know, it just won't exist anymore. Like, yeah, these yeah. companies, it, it'll be more and more of a niche thing, you know, like uh, almost like vinyl, you know, like they put it out. I'm sure a lot of people buy it, but it's really a niche thing, you know, like. Not everybody's gonna drop forty, fifty, sixty bucks on a, a hundred and eighty gram vinyl collection, you know. So <laughs> yeah. it just kind of is Straight what it up, is. Came back more so. It's weird though that now you see it in Walmart. You know, it came back enough. Yeah. That Walmart yeah. Uh, was starting to do away with their CDs, but then they brought some vinyl. I mean, they still have a little bit of CDs there, but well, they brought vinyl back in. They're playing <laughs> to Walmart. To, they're playing to the millennial crowd that never got to really yeah. experience it. So you know, we, we we've kind of had that discussion before, but you know, that's yeah. my opinion on it. So what you're saying is everything's going to Back to the Future too, where where the kids are playing the games and you got to use your hands. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It'll definitely get to that point one day with video games. I mean, it's already kind of starting to lean that way anyways. Like, you know, not necessarily, they don't necessarily uh, go whole hog into like going to buy the physical copy of it. They want you to buy it on Xbox live store, you know, the Xbox store or the PlayStation, uh, 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 PlayStation store, or whatever the hell they call them. You know, they want you to download the games there, you know, because, the discs, you know, aren't making them enough money anymore, and they can char- and they end up charging the same damn price too. That I think that's the more <laughs> aggravating part to me. Oh, amen. <laughs> like you know, if it's just a damn digital download, let me pay like ten or fifteen bucks less at least. I mean, I know now some people maybe don't want like I mean, if you have a vast movie collection, and we hear me, you know, fiance do we have like, VHS? <laughs> like I said, hell, I got laser disc and CED store. <laughs> so if you don't want your home look like a video store then i can see the draw for people you know wanting to stream only or just moving strictly to streaming sorry about that i had to, <laughs> i had to put the mic on mute for a minute my wife just came in oh okay no it sounded like uh <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> it sounded like you were popping popcorn or something yeah yeah like a microwave like really loud yeah <laughs> it went like it would sit quiet for a second and it'd be like no 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 i think that was the... <laughs> I think you were hearing the uh, garage door. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. I record this in the garage, and <laughs> and the fucking garage door just opening. Oh, the, the garage days, garage days. Huh? Yeah, like garage pants. Yeah, yeah. That's what we are. Garage pod. <laughs> garage pod. Garage cast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some podcast out there called the Garage Cast. They just got a a, a big plug from all 20 of our listeners. <laughs> Yeah. 20,000, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. 20K. <laughs> I guess with that, let's get into the uh, ins and outs of uh, the film itself. It starts with, uh, it's raining outside, and then you're introduced to uh, Bill and Georgie, their brothers, and they're making like a, a paper boat, and uh, you establish that Bill is sick and he can't go outside and uh, you know play with Georgie. So he makes the boat. He's making the boat for him. And then you see the words uh, October 1988 on the bottom of the screen. Then Bill sends Georgie down to the cellar to get some wax, you know, so he can put it on the boat so it'll float. And, of course, it's a, the spooky cellar bit. Georgie kind of, you know, runs in there, gets it, and runs back out. He's kind of spooked. But he goes upstairs, and uh, they finish up the boat, and uh, he goes on out to play. He's floating the boat down. There's, like, you know, it's really raining hard outside, so there's almost like a, a little river going down the side of the road, and he's playing with his boat on the side of the road. And, then, of course, it goes right down a drain. And he looks down the drain to see if he can see it. And then, boom, Pennywise, the clown, is standing down there. Oh, before we get to there, uh, how irresponsible are these parents? Like, shouldn't they kind of be blamed at this point? <laughs> <laughs> you mean for just letting them run out in the rain like that? Or? 
<laughs> well, A, letting him run out in the rain because it's coming down like a monsoon. But mm-hmm. uh, more importantly, hey, uh, I'm just going to go run down the road, probably <laughs> the wrong way and not looking up. Yeah. Follow my boat as it yeah, goes wherever it goes. <laughs> now, I know some, I know some like uh, parenting might have still been a little loosey-goosey and, and it's supposed to be the late 80s, 1988. But now in the original series, and I believe in the book, it's supposed to be the late 50s, right? Yeah, because it yeah fifties and then then like then the new 60s. scenes were the eighties, right? Because that was when it was written, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know how many x amount of years later it was in the eighties, whatever. Yeah. But the in the original series, and and well, mistake me if I'm wrong. In the book, it's in the fifties, right? I think so. It's I, been a while since I've read it. I think so. Um, so like that premise of like just letting the kids run loosey goosey makes it a little bit more sense in the fifties than it does even in the eighties. Yeah, you know? true. Because by then, I mean, you know, parents were starting to get paranoid about letting their kids just run ramp, you know, just run all over the neighborhood. But maybe in this small town of uh, Derry, Maine, that, you know, maybe they weren't afraid of it yet. So, yeah, uh, it goes down the drain and there's uh, Pennywise, the the dancing clown. He introduces himself to Georgie and he's kind of just talking back and forth to him. And um, Georgie's kind of laughing. But Pennywise has the boat in his hand and he tells him to just reach in and grab it and he can have it back. And, of course, uh, he reaches in, and uh, Pennywise, his mouth, like, runs wide open. He's got, like, a thousand shark teeth in his mouth, and it bites Georgie's arm off. And while all this is going on, there's a lady, like, uh, across the street, like, watching this, like, happen. Now, she can't see Pennywise, but is it just, like, a common occurrence for it to be raining and a kid to have his head, like, halfway down the drain? (laughs) And And that's the other thing. She's not even across the street. She's on yeah, the I mean, same. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's on, the on the same s- side of the street as he is, like right in front of her yard. And I mean, she's like, just an irresponsible person. <laughs> I mean, there, there's so many people at fault here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he bites his arm off, and then like Georgie kind of like starts to drag himself away, like you know by his leg. You know, he's kind of on the ground, like one arm in it, he's trying to get away. And then uh, of course Pennywise grabs a hold of his leg and just pulls him down in the drain. And that's where you see the it title screen credits, whatever. What did you think of the cold open here? I mean, did it it grabs you right? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it instantly pulls you in, and, and from what I remember, that's pretty. That's fairly close to uh, to what happened in the book. Same same uh, deal with the original series. You know, the Tim Curry yeah. miniseries. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the model not was as gruesome. Of course, like a, not as gruesome <laughs> in the Tim Curry one because of the no, TV. No, and that one he doesn't bite his arm off. I think he just kind of yeah. pulls him down in his drains. Yeah, I think I think like like probably one of the bigger differences is like the mom was playing I believe Beethoven or something oh. like that uh, when he went to go down to get the oh. wax. And be, if I, if if I do remember correctly, like after he went down into the basement, she started playing like something more ominous. Mm. And then you know everything you know everything that happened from there on. Yeah, you barely see the parents in this movie. I mean, you see the mom there. Right. Yeah. I think she's kind of playing the piano during all that scene where he goes down to the cellar and all that. And then, of course, there's a scene with the dad a little bit later on. But I think that's about it. Right. Like, I don't think you see him pretty much at all in this movie, which is, yeah. you know, I guess it's almost like the Charlie Brown thing where, like, you know, you know, there's parents around, but you don't need to see them, I guess, kind of. Thing. Right. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, you see the hit title screen. Now you see June 1989. So it's, you know, getting close to a full year later. Now you're introduced with uh, to Mike. He's the uh, he's like the local uh, kid that I guess doesn't go to school. He's like a homeschool kid. Works on the farm or something like a like a sheep uh, sheep farm or something. He's in like a, a slaughterhouse. I guess they're trying to teach him how to use the bolt gun to uh, 
you know, kill the sheep, slaughter the sheep, you know, put it right to his head. And he's kind of hesitant to do it. And his, his uncle or whoever the guy is that's with him, his grandpa, who, whoever he is, he grabs a hold, a hold of the gun and does it and says, basically, you're either the guy that does it or the guy's, you know, that's getting, getting done, done to in life. Yeah, you know, in life. I guess it's the life lesson there. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Then you cut to uh, Bill, who you've already seen, and he's with his friends Richie, Stanley, and Eddie at uh, school. And they're kind of, you know, just talking kid stuff. You uh, are then introduced to Beverly, who she's in the uh, girls' bathroom, you know, in there. Is she smoking or something? What is she doing? I think she is, right? I think she's in there hiding, but yes, yeah, she is smoking. Yeah, she, yeah, she's smoking. Whatever she's doing in the uh, the bathroom stall, and then the, a couple of the other uh, uh, bully girls dump like a a can of uh, a trash can on her head, like it's full of like trash water and stuff. So I can tell you right now, dude, I'd tear out of there and kill everybody <laughs> if they dump if they dump the can of trash yeah. on my head. But she was smart enough. <laughs> I guess it's happened enough. And she just grabbed her book bag, popped it on her head, so it wouldn't get in her hair. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the thing. Is like, I guess that's what you're to bring out of that. It's like you know, she gets picked on a lot, and so she's kind of used to it. So she just kind of goes with the flow. But yeah, I'd go on. I'd I'd, I'd go on a murderous rampage if somebody <laughs> did that to me. But I guess that's why nobody ever did that to me. So <laughs> <laughs> they all knew it. And this is at the point now, like you know, you're kind of going through the day, you know, the day of school, and you realize this is the last day of school. So. Then you uh, realize that there have been some kids lately that have been missing. You know, like uh, you come to find out Georgie, Bill's brother, which you, you well, we all know what happened to him, but you know they just kind of assume he's missing. And there's been a handful of other kids that have gone missing in the town. Henry Bowers, who's like the lead bully, he, he's beyond a bully. This this dude's like a serial killer waiting to happen. Um, <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, you're intro- <laughs> you're introduced to Henry Bowers and his uh, goons, and then they're bullying the uh, the main boys, Bill and his friends. Then you're introduced to Ben. He's kind of the chubby new kid, and he's uh, being all clumsy with Beverly. So clearly, he's kind of like crushing on crushing on her, and uh, he's got a new kids on the block T-shirt. So she kind of pokes <laughs> fun at him for that. So that's kind of like their own little joke. Then, as I alluded to a second ago, you're introduced to Bill's dad. Like Bill's in the. Uh, in his garage at home, he's made like a model of how he thinks maybe Georgie went down the drain and came out. Maybe like he's down at this other end of the sewer or his, his body or whatever might, you know, basically it's his conclusion where Georgie might be. And his dad's just like, forget it. He's dead, you know, and pick all this shit up. I don't want to hear nothing more about it. You know, I think that's the pretty much the only time you see his dad in the movie is <laughs> him being pissed about a model he built. So then, uh, Mike, who you just met earlier, the sheep, the sheep slaughter boy, He's uh, delivering like meat or something, you know, to a shop in town and he's on his bicycle and he goes and down an alleyway and then uh, he's at a door on the side of the building and he sees like hands, like burnt hands coming out of the door. Like the, the door won't open. So you see a bunch of hands I mean, like it's like it's on fire inside. You see a bunch of hands trying to pull their way out. Then the door busts open and uh, 
you see Pennywise in the cooler. It's like a meat locker, right? Like a meat cooler. Yeah. He's just kind of hanging around in there. Um, then the bullies, uh, Henry Bowers and his goons, come like run him down in their car. I guess they're about to beat the shit out of him or something. But I guess you know they they go away and they just scare him or something like that. So now you're starting to get the sense that uh, Pennywise is starting to fuck with them. Just a little bit, like here and there. Then you cut to Stanley, one of uh, Bill's fr- other friends. He's a, a little Jewish boy, and he's like uh, learning. What do they? What do they have to recite? Something for their bar, bar mitzvah or something, right? And I guess he's learning the uh, the passages and what he's supposed to read. And um, he's the rabbi's son, mm-hmm. and the rabbi's running him down. Like you know, you, you haven't even learned what you're supposed to read or whatever. So he, he makes him take the book back into his office, and then he goes into his dad's. Or the rabbi's office, and there's like this crazy ass weird picture hanging in a rabbi's office. Now, why? Why would he have this weird ass picture in a rabbi's <laughs> office? You figure there'd be a picture of God, the Star of David. I don't know something, something Jewish related. Instead, it's just this horribly wicked woman playing a clarinet or something. So it spooks him out, and he, he's kind of he's kind of leery to go near it. But the crook, the picture's crooked, so he straightens it out, and he goes over to the shelf and puts the puts the book on there and then uh then he hears the picture that he straight out fall off the wall he turns around and but the picture's gone right or well, the lady the, the, the lady in the picture he's gone <laughs> yeah the lady in the yeah. picture is gone so he's like he's kind of stood there in terror and then, then all of a sudden you realize of course it's behind him um now i turn around and i see that, that woman's not on the picture anymore i'm just going nope nope oh yeah nope. walking out uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> art just doesn't disappear from the canvas i'm out <laughs> See, he runs off. Uh, once again, like I said, Pennywise is just one by one, kind of picking them off, like fucking with them. Bill, Richie, and Eddie—they're kind of—they kind of gather up the troops, and they're going to go search for Georgie, I guess. Now you cut to Ben in the library. He's got ba- basically—I guess—he's got nothing better to do, so he just wants to hang out in the library. And he's flipping through this old history book of uh, the history of Dairy, and he—he he sees like there was this big—what uh, was it, like a fire or something like that—that that had happened in the past. Yeah, uh, called the black spot. Yeah, and uh, he's flipping through the pages, and all of a sudden, the he's flipping the page after page, and then you see a severed head in the tree. But it's like it's like each page he flips, like it's getting closer and closer to this tree, and then you see a severed head in the in the tree, and then he's like, "What?" You know, he flips, and then all of a sudden, a red balloon floats from behind him. He follows it to this back room, and there's an egg on the ground that's smoking. That's what it was. It was like a, a Easter egg hunt or something like that yeah. that every, a bunch of people burned alive right yeah yeah now in the book they went into a little bit more detail into that uh mm-hmm. and then it played like a bigger uh part with like one of the kids later on in the book uh it barely really touched on that i think it was i think this movie does a good job of of kind of touching on just about everything that was in the book but also kind of making its own way through the story kind of kind of getting to the same point but kind of taking a slightly different way to get there right because i mean also in the book uh like every chapter is going in between uh them being kids to being them being adults just constantly back and forth i think that's maybe sometimes what some people don't don't uh understand you know when they're like well you know the book the, the movie's not like the book you know it'll never be like the book Right. You know, good writers, good filmmakers would know how to use what's in the book to make a movie out of it. You know, that that follows the same just the story without being able to go into all the detail, inner monologues and all that stuff that you can't just do in a movie. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah, why I it's basic, it's, it's, that. that's why it's not necessarily a movie version of the novel. It's a mm. screenplay. 
Yeah, right. Yep. It's a screen version of the novel. Yep. You know, that's why they phrase it that way. So yeah, he goes into this room and there's a, a, a like a little Easter egg on the ground and it's smoking. And he kind of keep now. I'm stopping right there, right? <laughs> like I'm not walking any further. Like I'm, I see this unexplained Easter egg smoking on the ground after I just read that in that book. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go get a librarian or an adult or uh, or just get the hell out of here. But no, he continues on. I think, like, a lot of, I think there's a lot of parts in this movie where you just stop, kind of stop and you're like, nope, nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, ain't, ain't happening. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> I just would stop. You know, I just back up and go get an adult, like I said. But no, he keeps going and like it's like he's following this trail of eggs. Like there's a few more. And then uh, he's in the archive, like the library archive room, and he turns around and there's like a headless body walking down the steps and kind of starts chasing after him. And, and the way he, that thing's walking is spooky as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's all herky jerky. Yeah. Then he kind of runs out the back door and then the bullies grab a hold of him. And it's, so it's basically out of the frying pan into the fire, right? <laughs> like uh, these, this, the Bowers goons grab a hold of him and they take him to this bridge. And then uh, as they're beating the shit out of them and they're holding them back, a car passes by and they don't stop. They don't even like really look at what's happening. But then you see red balloons in the back seat, and he's looking at this as they're like beating the shit out of them. Then uh, Henry Bowers pulls out a knife and carves an H into Ben's stomach. And then, a, you know, one of the bullies even like, whoa, whoa, you know, you're taking this a step too far. Then uh, Ben kind of kicks off and rolls down a hill. Bullies chase after him. So then you cut back to uh, the other boys, Bill and his, you know, and the guys. They're down in the uh, sewer and they find, I guess they're about to go in there and look around, you know, and then they find a shoe and it, it, that belonged to uh, Betty Ripsom, who is the girl that is missing currently. Then uh, Ben just kind of like he's running from the bullies. He kind of stumbles up upon them. I guess they grab a hold of him and take off. One of the bullies, Patrick, he comes... He kind of hears something, so he's looking for all of them. You know, he's looking for Ben, and he hears something in the sewer, and he goes in there. He's got, like, a lighter and, a, like, a can of hairspray or something, and he's kind of spraying it, and he can see, like, for, for light, I guess. And he, he shoots it a couple times, and then he sees, like, zombies, basically, or whatever the hell they are, living corpses. He's freaking out. He's running, then a balloon kind of, like, floats up in front of his face, and it pops, and then it's Pennywise standing there, and it attacks him. Um, then you cut back to uh, Ben with the boys. Uh, they weren't hiding all along. They just basically just got banned and they took off. Um, so they're outside of a pharmacy and they go inside to get some stuff to help him because he's bleeding on his stomach from the knife cut. And uh, Beverly's in there. She's buying tampons. So she's kind of hiding it from him or whatever. But she decides to help them as they basically steal a couple of uh, the medical supplies they need. She kind of she kind of flirts with the creepy pharmacist behind the desk as they make off with it, which obviously is uh, inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, Clark Kent, Lois Lane. Yeah, <laughs> with the glasses. Well, you're a cute twelve year old. I'll just keep going with this. Uh, <laughs> all on the up and up in 1989. <laughs> then she comes outside as they're uh, helping Ben, and um, she's talking to him once again. Ben's kind of uh, crushing on her, and then somebody says something like, "The rumor is she's a basically she's a hoe." I guess for whatever reason, that's the rumor going around town. And then you cut back to Beverly. She's back home. And then, once again, she's getting creeped on. Her dad comes up to her and, like, strokes her hair or something like that. And then she goes in the bathroom and just cuts her hair. <laughs> you're, you're still my little girl, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I think it's an important to kind of point out. Like, at this point, you can definitely tell, like, like Pennywise has started to affect everybody in the town. Yeah. Like, especially the adults, though. Like, like 
none of the adults are quite right in this in this flick. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the influence of like over time, right? Like Pennywise has been here for what hundreds of years. I get. I think you're eventually led to assume he's well, been here for quite some time. If I don't know what route they're going to go in the in the movie, but in the book, like it, it was pretty much like he was there. Like it seemed to me like thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, so he's been there a long time, and like you say, he's kind of almost like mentally affecting. The adults right. and stuff to kind of ignore the fact that all these kids have gone missing over the years. Yeah. And I guess if you're one of the kids lucky enough to survive it, I guess you just get old and forget, I guess, is, you know, kind of where you go with it. Um, then, uh, as as it was the custom to do in the summer of 89, um, with your with your friends, your, your other guys, uh, you stand on the side of a cliff in your underwear and you just spit off of it. Um, <laughs> that's what they're doing when, uh, and they're like kind of... <laughs> They're spitting off the cliff, and then I guess they're trying to kind of decide, like, all right, which one's going to jump off first? You know, they're going to jump into the quarry. And then Beverly comes out of nowhere and uh, basically calls them pussies and then jumps into the water. And then they, and then I guess they all follow suit and jump in, and they're all swimming. And I swear at this point, I don't know if it's, like, the lens that the, 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 the camera guy used or what, but that, that ledge is way too high to be jumping off of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty high up. Now, quarries are pretty deep, though, right? I mean, I think that's part of the thing. So, I mean, well, yeah, like they little... are, but, you know, you, you jump high enough up, it doesn't matter. Like, it all, like you would have to land at the perfect angle to not oh, hurt yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, otherwise yeah, like you your legs or your like neck. Like, do a belly, belly splash or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd be messed up. <laughs> yeah. So, they jump in, they're swimming and stuff, and then uh, they get out and they're on the beach. Ben uh, has, like, his, little, his book bag full of, like, his uh, research, and they're kind of start asking him questions, and they all decide to go to Ben's house, and they're talking about all this research he's done about the history of dairy and how these kids have been missing for hundreds of years, and, you know, it's all here in the books and blah, 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 and then Beverly pulls back the door, and there's a new kids on the block poster on the, <laughs> on the back of the door. He's like, no, 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 <laughs> and she kind of closes it. Well, it was funny, like, earlier... It, it, was, it was funny earlier in the movie where, uh, like, the, the the guys are all taking care of the kid that got beat up. And she looks at him and she's just like, are you sure you got the right stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm hanging tough. Just don't go, girl. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, she's like five miles away. It's just, <laughs> you know, okay. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Ben's like a little uh, kid version of Chris Farley. Um <laughs> So like now they've they've done all the, re- the research stuff with Ben and they've kind of talked about that and they all go their separate ways and Eddie is uh, out walking past uh, this old decrepit house and uh, he drops his pills like he he's kind of like a health paranoid kind of kid he's always got pills and an inhaler and stuff like this and so he drops his pills on the ground and he looks up and there's like this hobo zombie like <laughs> that jumps out of nowhere like give me the give me the pills or something like that. And yeah, I think cases. in the book it, it was supposed to be a guy that had uh, it was supposed to be a homeless guy that had syphilis so bad it just started eating away at his face. Yeah, I think they allude to that a little bit later on that like it's like the, he's got uh, Callie, what do they call that when like they leper? Oh, yeah, leper? something like, he, like he's got leprosy or something like that. So yeah, this uh, whatever you want, however you want to phrase it, hobo zombie, leper zombie, whatever jumps out and chases him, and he kind of runs around the back of the uh, spooky house and then. Then there's uh, he looks over at the back of the house and uh, someone's standing there holding these balloons, but it's like a perfect triangle of balloons, like an upside down triangle of balloons. And then like I guess they rise up. Penny Pennywise is standing there. And he says we all. He says the famous line, "We all float down here." Then of course I guess Eddie just 
runs that you know gets the fuck out of there he crosses the fence and gets out which i believe in the in the tim curry series i, I think he says we all float down here like pretty early on like i want to say it was the scene where georgie mm. you know he's talking to georgie you know come down here georgie we all float down here or something like you like floating we all float down here something like that so it's pretty early on that he says that line but they get it in here so then you cut to beverly um she's back home and she reads uh Ben's card that he get he wrote her out like a little poem on the back of a postcard, and she's sitting there reading it, kind of like fawning over it. And then she hears voices. She's in the bathroom. I should mention she's sitting in the bathtub. She hears voices like in the sink. So she kind of she goes out and gets a tape measure, and then she sticks the tape measure down the drain, like way down the drain. Like I think it went down like uh like damn like thirty foot or something like that down this drain. <laughs> yeah. Because whose pipes doesn't go straight down? Yeah. <laughs> And she pulls the uh, tape measure up, and then it's all on the end of it. It's all bloody, and it's got, like, gobs of hair stuck on it. And then all of a sudden, like, hair starts coming out of the drain and, like, grabs a hold of her, like, starts wrapping itself around her and her arms and everything. And then blood just explodes out of the sink, just covers her and covers the whole bathroom with blood. So she's in there just, like, she gets loose, and then she's just sitting in there freaking out, screaming. And then the creepy dad busts in, and uh, he's looking around, like, she's like, oh, my God, can't you see this? Is it? No, I don't. Basically, I don't see anything. Meanwhile, the whole room is covered in blood. She's covered in blood. He doesn't see it, apparently. Maybe once again alluding to how, like, how Pennywise is fucking with things. Like, you know, they can see this, but or she can see this, but the, her dad can't kind of thing. Then it cuts to Bill. He's asleep at his house, and he's, he's done drawing like a sketch of Beverly on his little notepad. And then water drips down from the ceiling. He goes to get a bucket to catch the water because he thinks it's just a ceiling leak. And uh, Georgie's light, Georgie's room, his bedroom's still there. Um, the light comes on, so Bill goes in there, and then he's sitting in there, you know, kind of reminiscing, I guess, sad. And then he sees Georgie run by. Um, so then he kind of chases after and goes down to the cellar, and the cellar's like flooded out. And then Georgie's kind of over in the corner, which you, I, obviously you assume you realize it's Pennywise. And then he says something like, "You'll float too." And then uh, Pennywise rises up from the water and then chases Bill, and he, he runs out. Or he kind of, kind of comes quickly, like, scurrying, running at him real like, <laughs> Bill just, like, freaks out and runs up the stairs. Beverly, back to Beverly, uh, she sees all the guys, and she tells them to come up to the apartment so they can see what's happening. And they come in, and they all see the blood. So, like I said, obviously you can see the Pennywise is just fucking with them, and other people can see it, and, and other people can't. Uh, then this is pretty cool. They have an 80s cleaning montage to, uh, yeah. to get the blood up. <laughs> you know, like the, you never you <laughs> as they're all cleaning and stuff. Perfect uh, mocking of an 80s movie right there with the little clean montage. They all then that basically, I guess they all have that like come to Jesus moment where they all like confide that they've been seeing Pennywise, this crazy clown. So now, you know, I guess they're all kind of on the same page that they've been seeing this. I guess up to this point, they've kind of been in denial about it, but now they all realize they have this in common. Um, except, except, uh, I don't think at this point, like, Richie had seen Pennywise yet, right? No. I think he's the only one that, like, uh, didn't get fucked with until a little bit later on. Right. I think I don't think Richie sees any of this until, like, they basically... They uh, enter come, the house. Yeah, they've come to, to you know fight him or whatever yeah. i don't think he's seen any of this so yeah uh, then it cuts to mike is uh getting beat up by the bullies so all the rest of them show up and uh then uh, they just start a rock war they just start 
hucking rocks at each other. <laughs> I think one of them even yells out Rock War or something, right? Like Richie or something? Richie, yeah. Yeah. yeah, rock war, and then they're just and then just, anthrax, antisocial. You know, yeah, is the track. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they save Mike. Yeah, because he's out there, kind of just like uh, they're getting ready to beat him down. And that's what it was. So I kind of left that out. Like these bullies, uh, kind of get him in the woods, or they kind of got him in a spot, and then like uh, they're about to beat the shit out of him, and all of a sudden the rest of the guys show up and they just start throwing rock to have the rock war. Basically, they're on the way back, and that's where you hear has said for the first time as well, like "Welcome to the Losers Club." They kind of give themselves a name, like all the guys in Beverly. They've deemed themselves the Losers Club. Then they, I guess they were kind of talking about all this stuff with Pennywise, and then they re- they come to the realization that this uh, basically happens every 27 years. It's like Pennywise comes back or comes out and basically takes kids. There's all these missing kids every 27 years. And then they're looking at the maps. They have like an old, I guess like an old sewer map or something, and then like the current layout of Derry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they see all these sewers that are connected and they all lead to the well house and then Eddie kind of freaks out and rips down the map he's like no no we're not doing this this is crazy you know like they want to go to the well house or something that's where Eddie starts losing it because that's where he was where he saw Pennywise then they have the, like, they have like this slide projector you know on the wall he rips the map down so all you see is the slide and then all of a sudden the slide starts moving by themselves and then you see uh, Pennywise is in it and like it, it's pretty, co- it's a pretty cool effect too because they start going so fast. It's like the hair on the person that is uh, in the picture starts kind of s- going back and forth and stuff. And then you see Pennywise's face, and then he kind of just jumps out of the screen, and he's gigantic. It's like a huge <laughs> version of Pennywise. And he and that going- moment works like really awesome in the theater too. But <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah, really great. And I guess this is where you were talking about was this 3D when it came out. Mm. This would have been one of the scenes, yeah. Like if this played in three D, that would have been <laughs> that would have been really cool. And then, like he jumps out at Beverly and then dis- disappears. So they're all like properly uh, freaked the fuck out now. Bill just decides like Fuck, I'm going to the warehouse. So no one else will go to the warehouse. I'm going. So he takes off to go, and then they eventually all follow him. So Bill, Eddie, and Richie go in to the warehouse. You know this creepy old house to see what's going on. And then Richie, they find they find like a missing persons poster or like flyer in the house and it's a picture of Richie and all of his information on like he's gone missing. So I guess this is his real first, like what the fuck is going on moment? Cause he hasn't really seen any of this stuff until, yeah. you know, now like what the hell I'm not missing, you know, I'm right here, but here's my, you know, missing poster. Then they hear someone yelling and they go and they see Betty Ripsom, the girl that was missing earlier in the movie. They kind of like, I think it's Bill and uh, Richie. Yeah, Bill and Richie, Richie go yeah. in this room, and then the door closes. So Eddie's by himself, and then he sees like a a, a ghoul, some kind of I, is it that same one? I can't remember. Is it that same yeah. like leper yeah. monster or whatever the hell? Mm-hmm. And then he just faints and like falls through this hole in the floor, like <laughs> and goes straight down into this table or whatever. Where he breaks um, his wrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's well, you don't see that at that moment, but yeah, you see that yeah. shortly. Where like he, he pulls his arm up and it's all sideways. But um, you cut back to uh, Richie. Walks into a separate room. Like Eddie and Richie are together. I'm sorry, Bill and Richie are together. Richie walks into the separate room, and of course the door closes again. And it's a clown room of all things in this random and house. Richie, a fucking clown Richie room. had admitted earlier in the movie that was the one thing that he, that he hated. Of. He hated. Yeah, he was scared of clowns. He hated clowns. Now, did you notice that one of the clowns? There's a bunch of clowns in there. Did you notice that one of the clowns looks like Tim Curry's? 
Pennywise. Oh yeah, Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one on the like floor. It, yeah, the yeah, floor. yeah. It's kind of like on the floor to the left. It looks just yeah. like uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise. And then uh, Richie, there's like a casket or something there. I guess it's a casket, yeah. right? Richie yeah. goes over and opens it up, and there's a doll in there that looks exactly like Richie. Yeah, you know, except it's all like zombified looking. And then he closes the casket, and then the casket jumps open, and Pennywise jumps out. And then he says one of the famous lines, beep, beep, Richie, you know, trying to freak him out. He chases him out. Then you see uh, Eddie, who, who fainted and fell down. That's where you see, like, his arms all fucked up. And then there's, like, an old refrigerator there, and the fridge opens up, and Pennywise comes out. He's, like, folded into the refrigerator. Yeah, contortionist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He, he, Pennywise is in there and the door uh, or the door opens you see Pennywise in there and he's all like kind of crumpled up and then he kind of slowly unlocks like almost like pop and locks you know like <laughs> uh, Transformers yeah yeah he kind of transforms <laughs> out of there um, then upstairs uh, um, Bill and Richie are uh, they're in the, that still in that room and they can't get out and there's three doors in there one says not scary at all the middle one says scary, and then the, the one on the right says very scary. So, of course, they go into the not scary at all, and it is definitely scary. <laughs> <laughs> so then they kind of, uh, Bill's like, you got to remember, this isn't real. So, you know, they kind of come back to the real world, and then they go out, and then sure enough, they pick the very scary door, and they come out, and they're, you know, back, that's the proper door. They come out to save Eddie. Pennywise turns, turns like, you know, he's kind of over Eddie, about to, like, you know, eat him or whatever. And he kind of turns to them, and then Beverly jumps out of nowhere and stabs him. Like in the, was it in the mouth or in the eye? Yeah, I can't side remember. of the face. Yeah, it whatever, comes out of the side cheek of or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like in the side of the head with a poker, like a, a fire poker. <laughs> um, and he kind of retreats back, and then I guess you know once they realize that they kind of uh, got got together to fight him, he was almost like kind of scared of them. Basically, like you know, showing like if we don't if we don't show him fear. He kind of cowers back, so he kind of retreats. So then at this point, they got to go, you know, tell Eddie's mom that Eddie's, you know, to broke his arm. So, like, she's out, she uh, gets Eddie in the car and she berates him and calls Beverly a whore or something like that. And just shits on all of them. Then you realize his mom's really fucking weird, too, right? Like, is this part of the Pennywise maybe affecting people kind of thing, you think? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, even before, like, this scene, when you see her earlier very briefly, she's acting weird then, too, you know? So, like, Clearly yeah, something's going on. She don't want the boys to go out. She's always had like a she's always had like a thing of, of uh you know, like being overprotective with her kid. Yeah. So then like at this point, like after the mom berates him and uh Eddie goes on, like they all kind of have like a little fight. Like they all kind of snap at each other after all this pennywise shit and I guess they're all kinda in denial of what's going on. So they just say they all basically say fuck off and they all split up. Um, then at the bottom of the screen, it says August. So now you're in August of 1989. You cut to Henry Bowers, who's outside, like with a couple of his goon friends at like his house. And then he's about to shoot a cat, like straight up. Like he's got, he's got one of his friends holding a cat up and he's about to shoot the damn thing with a pistol. His uh, dad, who turns out to be a cop, of course, comes up from behind him and like takes the gun and then starts shooting at the ground at him. Basically humiliates him in front of his friends. Yeah. So, th so then, uh, Henry's kind of, you know, stewing and he's down and out about it and, he uh, he's walking down to the mailbox. There's a uh, there's like a at the mailbox. There's a balloon, one of the red Balloons. balloons there. He opens it up and there's a package and there's a new knife because like the knife he had earlier in the movie that he cut the H in the Ben's stomach. I guess it got gone. 
So now in their package is a new knife. And then he goes inside. His dad's like sitting there, you know, just laying back in the recliner watching sports or whatever. I think he was asleep. Maybe he's asleep. Yeah, I think he's asleep. And uh, Henry takes the knife and sticks it to the side of his dad's throat. Doesn't his dad wake up at this point? Yeah, yeah, it's like a switchblade, too. A switchblade knife, so he's got like the hilt right there at his throat. Yeah. He's and then on top just, of that, there's like a there's like a kids TV show on the TV that's kind of like egging him on to do it. And that's <laughs> do the it, first yeah. time that you've seen this 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 kids show in the movie. Yeah, it's almost like a uh, what what uh, like clown Bozo show. the Clown, like Bozo, 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 Bozo the yeah. Clown. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. Like, it's almost like an yeah. old school episode of Bozo the Clown. Yeah, and Pennywise is like sitting in the crowd, like do it, do it, kill your dad. So he takes a knife and like sticks it to the side of his dad's throat. And then, uh, like I said, it's a switchblade, and he kind of pops it open, and it sticks right in his, right in the side of his neck, and uh, he kills his dad. I guess he bleeds out whenever he hit him right in the artery. Like, like we alluded to earlier, serial killer has been made. Now you go to Beverly; she's with her dad. They're kind of having that weird back and forth, and she's he's grabbing at her. Uh, he grabs her, and then she runs she runs away, like hides in the bathroom. He comes in the bathroom, and she just lays him out with a toilet lid. And then uh, she turns around and Pennywise is standing there and grabs her. Then Bill shows up, just happens to show up not too long after this and sees her dad laying on the floor and looks up at the ceiling. And written in blood, it says, you die if you try, written on the ceiling. So then he has to go and get the guys together, the Losers Club. He has to go get them together because now he realizes that Beverly's in trouble and they got to go get her. Um, So they decide, he gets them together, so they decide to go down to the well house. And uh, Henry Bowers is uh, like in the background watching you know, them go in. Inside, they all kind of go through the house and they go, they find the well and they start to go down. You see Beverly and like, he, all right, now, now you're kind of introduced to Pennywise has this uh, net, like underground nest where you see all these other kids, like, uh, I guess they're floating. Like all the, de- I guess basically all the dead yeah. kids that he's kidnapped in the past, they're all kind of like floating around this weird nest thing. Because they all float down there. Yeah, we all float. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> giggity, 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 giggity. Um, then he does like so. Beverly's a part of this. She's floating too, and uh, he does this like freaky little weird dance because he's Pennywise the dancing clown. He, it's a it's a fucked up looking like dance. Like, and they do this a lot with Pennywise in this movie too, where it's like his head is still right, like it's, it's almost like his head's oh, not yeah. moving, but the rest of him, yeah, yeah, but the rest of him is moving. So he's kind of doing this weird fucked up jig. Then he grabs a hold of her and he unhinges his jaw, like you know, like like a fucking great white shark. He's about to, he's it looks like he's about to like bite her in half, but then like he, he kind of like there's like this light inside of him that like almost like hypnotizes her, like she's mesmerized by this light. It comes out of his mouth. Back up to the boys trying to go down the well. Mike, I guess it's like the last one. He's about to go down. And all of a sudden, Henry Bowers shows up and attacks Mike. They're fighting. And uh, then uh, Mike eventually, I guess, like gets him in the right position and pushes him. And uh, Henry Bowers just drops straight down the well. And uh, I, I thought it was pretty funny, too. Like, he basically just comes flying past where the rest of the boys are. <laughs> and one of them's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he just goes straight down. <laughs> so Mike kind of regathers himself up there. And he's got that bolt gun, you know, from the from earlier in the movie with the sheep or whatever. And uh, he's got like a little belt that's got all the little bolts in it. Of course, he drops it and it falls all the way down the well. So he's basically only got the one bolt in the gun. So he goes on down. Stanley somehow finds himself alone. Remember, he was uh, the kid that was afraid of the painting, the, the woman in the painting. He finds himself, he, he gets apart from them somehow, finds himself alone. All of a sudden, uh, the paint woman is on top of him and like, Basically, like, she gets on top of him and starts biting his face. And obviously, it's Pennywise. Bill grabs the bolt gun from Mike 
and then takes off alone as they're attending to uh, Stanley, right? But Bill grabs the bolt gun, takes off alone to go find Beverly. He eventually goes down the path and he finds her. But he's like, I, basically, I guess he comes to the conclusion, you'll be all right, let me go find Pennywise. And he keeps on hunting. Then eventually the other boys come along and they find her still there floating. They pull her down and then Ben kisses her and she wakes up. Um, I guess that kind of snaps her, you know, from whatever spell she was under or whatever. Um, then you see Bill, you know, who's off, still off by himself looking for Pennywise. He sees Georgie. And you're pretty much convinced that this might actually be Georgie, you know, the way it's being played. But Stone Cold, he still shoots Georgie right in the middle of the head with that bolt gun. And as it turns out, it's Pennywise. So he wasn't entirely full. But for a split second there, you're almost like, damn. You know, <laughs> I mean, you figure it's probably Pennywise. But for a little frame there, they actually like, damn, he might have actually just killed his brother. Because it's, like it's not like he instantly becomes Pennywise, you know. Yeah. Um, then he, he turns into, he kind of, you know, uh, almost has a seizure on the floor. And then it turns out it's Pennywise. Um, then they all, all the rest of them kind of jump in. They're fighting Pennywise. And then, like I said, they realize that uh, if uh, Pennywise uses their fears, so if they don't, you know, if they're not afraid of him, it won't work. Um, so they just kind of basically all like kick him and punch him and stuff. And, they, and they're, you know, they're not afraid of him, even though he's trying to use their fears against them. And then uh, Pennywise retreats because they're not afraid of him. Bill finds Georgie's coat. So I guess that's kind of the moment where he realized Georgie, Georgie is actually gone. Cut to a little mm. while later, it says, September, it says September on the bottom. Then they're all kind of talking about it, and they take a blood oath. Like, they cut a little, make a little cut on their hands, and they all hold hands. They all take a blood oath that if Pennywise comes back one day, then, you know, I guess they'll take care of him. Then they all kind of slowly depart, and then uh, Bill and Beverly are there together, then they kiss, and then that's the end credits. Um, then at the very end of the credits, there, you hear Pennywise's laugh. Yeah. I don't know if y'all stuck around for that, but that's all it was, yeah. just a laugh. Yeah. yeah. So that leads us up to uh, chapter two. What did you guys think? I guess, Will, we'll go with you. Where where you land on the star chart? One to oh, five dude. stars. Dude, I'm honestly, I love this movie. Uh, I probably It's pretty high up there for me, so I'd probably put it around four and a quarter. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I love this movie. By far, your, uh, your, your second favorite movie besides the uh, Suspiria. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the other way, but yes. So would you say four, four and a quarter stars? Oh, yeah, dude, I love this movie. That's a very high praise, very high score on our chart. This is uh, uh, right above your highest rated movie that we've seen so far. Yeah. Smoke, what would you think? I have to go. I, I love it. I thought it was, uh, you know, back in the 90s, I loved the miniseries. But, uh, you know, when this one was coming out, when it was announced and everything, like, uh, how's it going to, you always, you know, think in your head, how's it going to hold up? How's Pennywise going to be all that? And then as soon as the movie, right away when the movie starts and you have that open that we talked about, then the credits and everything, just, I was like captured right from the beginning. At that point, I was just enjoying the movie, not even worried about what, how it might compare to the book or how it might compare to the, the other miniseries. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and then, like I said, I saw it, uh, as I mentioned, I think at the beginning when we were first talking about the movie and the, before we got into the synopsis and everything, uh, I think I saw it three times in the theater. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, great. I think it's one of the best, modern horror you know meaning modern horror meaning that what we're talking about since the 2000s but even mm -hmm. you know hell in the last five years or whatever it's probably it's up in probably in the top five horror movies that i've seen in the last at least in the last five years or so yeah so, uh, i'm going with the going with the solid solid four maybe i might even go push it up to about where will is four and a quarter for me too four and a quarter 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll agree. I, I guess I'll go uh, four and a quarter. We'll make it a clean sweep because, I mean, it, it's hard to uh, say anything negative about this thing. I yeah. Mean, and and not, I think this really, you know, kind of comes through to the point of, you know, it's the highest grossing horror movie of all time. Yeah. And for yeah. a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't. It's, I think it appeals to everybody who, anybody who likes horror, whether you're a Stephen King fan, whether you're a fan of something, say, like The Walking Dead or something that's very story driven, story oriented. Mm-hmm. If you like the gross out type stuff, there's some there's some gore in there too. So I think it covers all the bases as far as what a good modern horror movie you know should be. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it, it, like we said earlier, I mean it's two hours and fifteen minutes, but it's a fast two fifteen. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. You know, we just went through the movie, even though that was a two hour fifteen movie minute movie, we went through it pretty quickly. You know, just hit, hitting the highlights, of course. Um, but I mean, the movie moves. I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, with Pennywise messing with the kids, leading up to them finally facing them a couple times toward the end. I mean, and there's a ton of stuff going on in the background. It seems like in this movie. I mean, the one that really jumps out to me, and it's it feels very throwaway, but it still feels like it kind of like pertains is when the kids in the library and he's like first studying about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like in the background, you see uh, the librarian. Like it looks like as soon as he starts reading about the stuff, it it appears like in the background because she's blown out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like she almost like, like just starts turning towards him and just staring at him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff like that in the, in this movie. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of rewatchability. Not ju- not just in the fact that the movie is great in and of itself, but I mean of like catching all the little things like that in the background, things you didn't maybe necessarily even see pay attention to the first time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and once again, like I said, this was directed by uh, Andy Muschietti, and uh, he hadn't, other than the movie uh, Mama that came out in 2013, he had not really done anything. Um, yeah, yeah. This. yeah. So that, I remember looking him up too before. I mean, I don't, I don't like to look up too much about movies before I see them, mm-hmm. as far as reading them. But I mean, I do a lot of times. Well, check out the director and see what he's done. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange when it, when they first announced the movie, or at least announced him being attached to it before it was even you know out or anything like who's done, this guy that's directing it? yeah i mean he had done a few small things but i mean to mm-hmm. to tackle something like this on a on a big scale with a big budget and everything and he fucking nailed it i mean oh, like yeah. I, I think a star was born oh yeah in terms yeah, of yeah i'm glad i'm glad they went with him because you i mean i'm not the, i can't remember their names right now but who are the guys behind uh stranger things the brothers oh the uh duffer right. brothers i think it is yeah they yeah. wanted to do this movie and, and they I'm were sure. down because at the time they hadn't, you know, didn't have enough stuff under their belt. Now, not Dan Machete, I don't know that he had enough stuff under his belt, but whatever the case may be, they went with him instead. I think it's yet another example of like, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody that has 40 movies under their belt. Yeah. Or, you know, or is part of the big Hollywood machine, so to speak. You know, like there's a lot of uh, really creative people out there and that if you, you, know, you just give them a shot. You know, it's not always going to work, but, you know, I think in this case, they nailed it. But, yeah, uh, so that, uh, I, obviously, uh, we all gave it four and a quarter stars. I mean, it, you don't get much better than that from us. I mean, like, <laughs> there's there's been very few movies that we've watched so far that we all pretty much, like, almost across the board wholeheartedly agree with. So I guess that'll do it uh, for another episode of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I mean, any, any uh, anything you guys want to add before we sign off for the uh, just a couple of, I know there was a couple of little, I don't know that we, we touched on or mentioned them or not, but a little, little Stephen King references in there for, I guess, the diehards and somewhat the car that Henry Bowers drove, that 1978 Pontiac Firebird, that blue one, mm-hmm. was the car used in uh, Sleepwalkers. Oh, okay. 
back in the night. I mean, that, I know that wasn't a novel, but Stephen King wrote that for the screen. Yeah, I think that might yeah. have been the first actual screenplay, wasn't it? Or that wasn't something that he had written beforehand. Yeah, I believe so. Because he's then, only uh, done that a couple of times. Like I think Storm of the Century yeah. and that one. Yeah, that car was in there, and then uh, and this, this one might even be a little bit out there and a little bit further. But who was the Belch? Remember that that one of the bullies, the one that's always you know that has a great, or at least I think he has great fashion sense. He's got the Metallica metal up your ass shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the, one of the earlier scenes, he was wearing a Anthrax shirt. Mm-hmm. Which is for the album Among the Living, which came out in 1980, whatever it was, this 87, I think it was, when that album came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was that song in the album cover was a reference to Stephen King, Stephen King's The Stand, <laughs> the mm-hmm. Randall Flag thing on the cover work of that Anthrax album. So there's a couple little, all kind of little Easter eggs like that in there for diehard Stephen King fans. Yeah, and I'm sure if we dug a little further, there's probably even more, you know, hidden oh, in yeah. there, little Easter eggs yeah. for that. Um, because, I mean, this is probably one of his more popular works, you know, yep. and, he, and he's got a bunch. And this is <laughs> oh yeah, this is top five, I'd say, for sure, for most yeah, people. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's it for uh, this episode for, uh, you know, it, uh, it 2017. So we all definitely, across the board, highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, at this point, you've been spoiled. But you should definitely go see this. I mean, it's one of the, it's the most successful horror movie of all time. And it'll probably go down as one of you know, for many years to come. So you should definitely check this one out at least once. And I recommend uh, multiple viewings. It's really good. So uh, with that, I guess uh, I'm Josh for uh, Will and Smoke. I guess that's it for this episode of the All-American Spook Show podcast. See you next time, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Come back next time for an all-new All-American Spook Show podcast.